And we are recording with recording in progress Dr. Stephen Soloway and in the description is the link to your book, your Twitter, your website, all that good stuff. And uh, for everybody listening, today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023 at 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Dr. Soloway just asked, uh, oh, guys, if you want to support the podcast, click the little red button. That's locals. Um, Dr. Soloway asked when I started the podcast, and I told him December 12th, 2019, the day COVID got here. And I, I feel that we are already on the same same wavelength. And you said, those assholes cost us $10 trillion, and that's what the day World War III started. You're goddamn right, sir. With that, Dr. Soloway, please introduce yourself. Stephen Soloway, MD, rheumatologist, Vineland, New Jersey. Been in private practice 31 years with training, 36 years of experience in this field. I enjoy swimming and I write books. www.badmedicinebook.net for a signed copy. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So let's get right into that. Chinese have cost us $10 trillion and everybody's blaming OPEC. Can you you just kind of go from there? Well... You got good old Dr. Fauci running a lab illegally in China. Yeah. You can run it there because it's cheap. You could run it there because it's not regulated. Yeah. And you know it's a viral lab. Well, why else would you make viruses unless you plan to attack somebody? Because there's not many much purpose because we're always trying to find a way to stop ourselves from getting infested by viruses, whether it's cold flu, uh, herpes, AIDS, they're all viruses. So we all try to defend ourselves against viruses. But here they are in this lab making this virus, and then one day they decide to get rid of the Hong Kong protesters. Well, we can't run tanks over those protesters because then the rest of the world's not going to do business with us because we're going to look like savages. We don't want to look like savages like we did in Tiananmen Square, so we're going to drop a little virus there. And when we kill the people we need to kill, we're going to come in and we're going to save the day. The problem is they only vaccinated the elite communist people. The normal communist guy died like everyone else, but they don't care about those people. They're disposable people, Mm -hmm. you know. So why did all the airplanes get stopped going into China, but they were never stopped heading to Europe and to the United States? Well, it's pretty simple. This was a dry run at a nuclear attack, except as the Chinese always brag, the next war is going to be fought with germs and lasers. Well, they're experimenting with these beautiful lasers to knock out our GPS satellites that are way high up in the stratosphere. I forget the name for it. It's higher than Ge- the stratosphere. Geosynchronous. Yeah, yeah, the geosynchronous, yes. So there's these lasers that go 200,000 miles or there's some very high altitude. Mm-hmm. And um, if they perfect that, that's the day they're going to just jump on us with a first strike. Yeah. And um, this was a dry run and they killed a lot of people. People are still dying over it. Um, but that good vaccine, you know, it stopped people from dying, but it doesn't stop the transmission. And, um, here we are, you know, $10 trillion extra in debt, giving people relief money and so on. And I almost wonder, you know, the Bidens are so connected to the Chinese. Maybe, maybe the Chinese said to Biden, Hey, look, you know, we'll do this. We'll run up your debt $10 trillion more then you can become a communist country like us. And then we can get together and we can run all the people and we'll all be disposable here and there. That's kind of how I think it's going. I think yeah. right now I'm reading uh, Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond. And it's kind of going into the, the rise of, of, of tribes to chiefdoms to warlords to states to nations to empires. 
and the entire thing is just kind of the fluctuate. I always talk about how it's like a it's like a 1990 screensaver, just bounces around the screen. Like that's that's how I look at empires throughout you know the history of man. Is it's just bouncing around the globe, and different continents, different peoples, different millennia. But I do think we might be coming to a new paradigm where, because it hasn't always been empires, right? Even even though it seems forever, empires themselves are a recent phase of the world, right? Homo sapiens have been here for what fifty thousand, hundred thousand years, but that's four billion years. That ain't nothing. One one thousandth that is a hundred million, and then you multiply that by what forty, and you get the age of the Earth. And then you multiply that by three, and you get the age of the Earth. So like, it will end because it did start. And my point in saying all this is, I wonder if we're entering a new paradigm where it's not that the empire is shifting, because the traditional thought is the American empire will recede and it will turn into a, a Chinese or a, or a Sino-Russian, Sino-Russian-Indian kind of BRICS empire. I'm wondering if that's not it, if we are jumping to a new phase of just, they're looking at everything. They're trying to learn from their mistakes. They're looking through the textbooks. They got AI scanning every book ever written, and they're going, the fuck are we doing with this whole empire thing? Like, guys, we all on the same... Fuck these people. <laughs> We're all on the same team. I, I kind of think that's where it's going. Well, you know, I, I pointed out in my book, honestly, there are no Democrats or Republicans. There's billionaires and there's peasants. Yeah. yeah. And in China, there's billionaires and there's peasants. <laughs> yeah. Except there it's well demarcated. Here you have the illusion, like George Carlin would say, you have the illusion of freedom. You don't you have really owners. have owners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have owners, right. So but you do have owners. We're all owned. It's the truth. You pay off your house. If you live in the wrong state, your taxes might even go up. Some states you get a little, you know, uh, you turn 65 and you might not have to pay as much homeowners tax or school tax because you don't have kids anymore that are young. But no, every, everything's different now. So we are all disposables, you know. They still have gulags. They still have concentration camps. They still have slavery. They have all this stuff going on. Yet, in this country, if there's a new a new letter added to the LGBT, the next letter, they get a new parade. So here we're celebrating stuff, and there you're getting murdered or tortured or both. And yet, it's it's really the same. I mean, Joe Biden is a shell of a person, right? He's not really there. No. So Chuck Schumer is the head communist. He's collecting money on the side with Pelosi. They take all your money, which is probably funneled through Soros because his his family office is one of the top five. I think he's got close to, he's over 150 billion, I think, in his family office. Now the two billion he has net worth, that's just not in the family office. Yeah, that's just liquid. Right, so he's got in, he's got generational money that can go on you know, until the last Chinese soldier uh, dies 400 generations from now. And this is really how this country is being run right now. And it, it's sad, but it's it's also obvious. And we have a country of 350 million people, and there's 50,000 people that are sworn to protect the country. You know, those those uh, soldiers who are down in the in the underneath the two two men and women that are sitting by the nuclear launch pad in Montana. You know, those people people that have integrity in the Secret Service, people that have integrity in the, um, you know, the rank and file in the FBI, the CIA. Th these people are the only ones, the NORAD and no no one else, no one else is, is really protecting our country. The, we have the illusion of protection, but the border's wide open and criminals, pedophiles, 
and every negative aspect of humanity is allowed through. And, and you know what? They probably have meetings at the local 4-H club, and they're deciding where the next strike is going to be. You know, it's not random that we have all these school shootings. No. They know it's in the crosshairs of our politicians for the public consumption. Com- consumption. So therefore, let's have more of them. Because if we can get the Americans to z- disarm themselves, it's going to be so much easier for us to just come in and take their house. Hmm. Yeah, no, there is kind of like a, it is kind of terrifying, the the points of failure. Where I, I interview a lot of military guys, a lot of intelligence guys and women, and it sucks because they are, they are the best people you'll meet. I mean, they truly are just like as stand up as just like, you know, if I had a kid, they'd be the godparent, you know, Delta Force guys or guys in nuclear missile silos, NORAD, Raven Rock, you know, SIDAR, right. Mount Weather, or yeah, the guys doing Secret Service, the guys doing intelligence, and that's just like, it is so cruel that like such good people are being fucked over by such a tiny, parasitic, pedophile, narcissistic, psychopathic, and again, as you said earlier, anyone listening to this, oh, you just don't like, it. this isn't Democrat-Republican. There are Democrats and Republicans, but no, in the same way there are Chinese and Americans. No, there are haves and have-nots. There are people who are hell bent on destroying everything about you. They, 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 everything that is human, everything that is good, every tradition and holiday and and Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever the hell you celebrate. The vast majority of people really are just people who are, you know, if you will, God's children. And then there's just this tiny little amount of just shitty, radioactive piles of shit of human beings at the very top and it's you know it only takes a little bit of shit to kind of ruin the ruin the entire punch bowl and it's it's kind of it's not kind of it's very depressing and it's hard not to be blackpilled and to just spiral into nihilism and so i want to pick your brain on so you you know you, you don't seem to have any illusions about this which is which is refreshing how do you how do you stay up? Because I have to stay up. I got to stay optimistic. I got to hit the gym. I got to see this, the sunlight. I got to go, all right, a bunch of pedophiles control the world. But look at that puppy. Like, I got to find the love and the happiness in life. How, how do you do that? Because you, you seem, you seem, you're smiling. I devote two hours a day to myself for swimming. I, I did triathlon stuff, but this injury, that injury, cancer here, problem here swimming I can do without injury. So when I'm in a calorie burning mode, I got to drop five, 10 pounds. The swims become 10,000 yards, not 5,000 yards. I do less sprints and intervals and I do more distance and just aerobic stuff. Um, I still like being a doctor, but you're really not allowed to be a doctor anymore. So the unique thing about me is I'm self-employed. So as a self-employed doctor, although I'm audited up the yin yang so badly everything from the lowest level to the highest level the department of justice and everything in the middle audited for being successful no one has ever come to me and asked me how do you run your practice so efficient effective you know positive patient reviews minimal complaints the complaints are usually the pizza is cold or the coffee sucks or we don't like you know that you have daffy duck on the wall because we like fred flintstone where the comic books are already written on, stuff like that. Yeah. But I like to hear the story, 
be an investigator. So you've had pain? Yeah, for how long? Three years. Okay, where is it? Is it here or there? Oh, okay, it's here or there. Do you have a fever with it? Yeah, I do. Oh, really? Do you have a rash with it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so my brain's already got them categorized into two, three, or four mm-hmm. things. Then I'll, you know, kind of cut it in a little bit more, come up with an answer that I'm 95% convinced of, possibly start treatment, uh, order blood, order x-rays, wait for them to come back. And 95% of the people come back and they say, oh my God, first time I felt good in so many years. That turns me on Hmm. because I'm I'm bringing people back that we're told you can only have your knee replaced or you can only have rotator cuff repair or you need to go on disability. Once they meet, meet, meet me, all that stuff changes. I've had people that come here from all over the world, but what's most striking to me is that here I am 100 miles south of Manhattan I have people from hospital from hospital for special surgery, Columbia and Mount Sinai that leave there with a wrong diagnosis and a bad outcome and come here and they do fine and they're happy and they send other people. And I have my billionaire clientele that flies into the private airport because the name gets around. Um, And then, you know, things were getting a little stale, but you do the same thing for so long. Yeah. That most of what I do, 95% of it is, my 95% is recurrent. You know, people come in, they need glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, so we all need glasses. Um, so that's why I started to write the books because I was looking for some. Well, first, there was the Trump appointment to the uh, Council for Health and Fitness, Sports and Fitness. But then I said, you know, there's all these people that have a lo- much lower IQ than me, who have no intuition, who don't have fun at all. And they're writing like bestsellers. Yeah. I need, I need to at least write about my life story as I see the world through the eyes of a doctor who sees that we live in socialized medicine and nobody seems to care and nobody knows where it came from or why it's happening. And the patients are complaining. They're like, why, why can't I get the blood test done that you ordered? Well, your insurance doesn't pay for it. Well, but they're not my doctor. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe we should sue them for practicing medicine without a license. Yeah, it's a good idea. But who's going to pay for the lawsuit? You know, this is a this is such a problem that needs to be out there and shared. So there's the fun part of medicine where you run around the hospital and, you know, you get called to a dead person, you resuscitate them. And, you know, it's really cool because you learn stuff, you help somebody, you save somebody and so on. Now, today, now that was when I was training. We'd run around and yeah. resuscitate dead people. Now they have a team for that. So the normal doctor doesn't even learn how to do these things. It's terrible. I mean, it's really, really, it's frightening. It's you can't you can't go to a hospital. It's like a waiting area to die. It's not a place to get better anymore. It's a place yeah. to wait before you hit the nursing home or the or the funeral home. Did you? I, it's just frightening as hell. Did you read House of God? Oh, are you kidding me? Sam Shem, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Gomer's. Fact, my, my first book is a continuation of House of God. Yes, Gomers. Gomers. Gomers never die. Get out of my emergency room. Yeah, young people die. Gomers never die. Gomers go to the ground. That book hey, is wanna, so fucking great. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. So that book is so fucking great, but get this. It was re-released after a two million, uh, two million seller, and now the book has terrible reviews because all the woke people say, exactly. They say, hey, wait, this guy's a misogynist. He's... He's all these things, but nobody seems to understand that in 1969, all the doctors, residents and students and whoever were men. So, yes, he talked about getting laid on his summer vacation. Yeah. And yes, he talked about being a guy who's in the closet. Yeah. Get over it. 
that's not socially acceptable today. It's it's politically incorrect. So 50% of the reviews about that book, because I actually looked it up a year ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is the greatest book in the world. It's, a- And now it's got like terrible reviews because everyone is horrified by it. Well, that's also kind of, most people aren't, 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 you got to remember the reviews you see, the censorship you see when they remove a dislike count, all of it is, it's one of my favorite memes is if the situation was hopeless, their propaganda wouldn't be necessary. So people with half a brain cell can go, Hey, it's got bad reviews. This book's fucking dope. House of God by Samuel Shem. I, I graduated the university of Georgia in 2013. I took the MCAT that summer. I got into medical school at the university of Miami, did all the interviews, did all the fucking, you know, your shadowing in the letters where I can, the whole nine yards. And I decided not to go, but I remember what, for personal reasons, but I remember one of the final things, I had a buddy who was a year ahead of me, like smartest guy I know, he also got into Miami, and he's a doctor now, but I remember him telling me, he was like, it was almost like that, uh, it was almost like the thing you don't learn, it's like, you know, you're in high school, and it's like, you know, and then like the older guys take you aside, and it's like, do you know how to like pleasure a woman, you're like 15, you know, it's like that sort of coming of age (laughs) kind of thing, you know, you see it in all the American Pie movies, like whatever, I remember, hey, hey, apple pie, exactly, exactly, apple pie, right, they have like the book on like, you know, like how to perform oral, it's the sort of coming of age thing, it was like, this isn't in the textbook, it's as old as, again, reading Guns, Germs, and Steel, you know, 5,000 years ago, it's like, you know, now you're old enough to go kill a fucking lion, whatever. I must be a misfit. My mother told me when I was a little boy, I said, Mom, how do you make a baby? She goes, you just do what comes naturally. Leave me alone. Interesting. My parents took a very, I loved my parents' approach. They just never broached it. We just figured it out. <laughs> no, I kept asking. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't ask her. any Irish Catholic conservative family, they just found out through osmosis through my friends. I, I think it's the best <laughs> approach. It just never came up. Um, but I remember my buddy came to me and I scored, I scored in the 95th percentile in the MCAT. And he was like, you're going to get in. I was like, thanks. And he like gave me the book. And it was like a dog year tattered version of House of... This is... I don't know why. I could have got it online. It was 2013. It's not like it was 50 years ago. And he's like, you got to read this. And I read that. And I remember reading it as I was doing like secondary applications. And I had already had my own inklings for about a year at that point that I didn't want to go. And they eventually came to the surface. I got in, got the trophy, and then decided not to go. But I read the book. And I couldn't put it down. And it was a mixture of horror and laughter at, and then I asked like my uncle who went to Duke medical school or my other uncle who was a surgeon up in New Hampshire. I asked uh, my, my buddy's dad was an orthopedic surgeon in Atlanta. And I would ask them all, you know, about getting into medical school and they'd be like, you know, you've got in, you're part of the elite few. They're like, you know, this is a life of work. And then I'd be like, did you ever read house of God? And they'd all smile and they'd be like, that's what it really is. <laughs> and like, that's, to me, that's like the final initiation. It's like, if you're okay with that book, then go do it. But yeah, it's like, you're going to sleep, you're going to be awake for 100 hours, you're going to be doing like coke in the bathroom, one of the residents commits suicide. But that's suicide. when you learn the most. That's when you learn. Yeah. Those were the best five years of my life. Jesus. Those House of God years for me. Oh, God. Well, the best years were the two years in London prior to that. Yeah. But those five years, yeah, oh, man, that was like a natural high. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it would be, but that is, I don't even know how we got on this, but like that is the kind of the hazing center of like what it really is. And I love it because I I, I think I read part of a second book um, 
about being a psychiatrist, but I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what it is. Mount Misery. I Mount Misery, called. yeah, yeah. I read, like, the first half of that or so. But I remember House of God. I love that he finally kind of gets to the end where he's just so disillusioned by everything that he just stops doing things. He just stops working. Like, the little old ladies come in. Yeah, you just give him saline and, like, yeah, like the benefactor of the hospital is like, this is the best resident. He's just, his friends are like, what do you do? He's like, I just gave him an aspirin. Like I just lied. And I wonder how often in life, like that is this, like I've been doing this podcast for three years, done 1180 episodes. And really in like the last month or so, I've started to reach this thing where I'm like, stop trying to make the podcast something and just fucking sit down say yes to everyone that wants to come on and just fuck off. Just like get a cup of coffee and be like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. You come on here. I'm like, I never know if I'll talk to this guy again. You're like, the Chinese are assholes. I'm like, we're friends now. Like, I wonder how much logic or wisdom there is in there. I, I'll shut up. I've been talking for like 10 minutes. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, talking to you for 10 minutes, you are a genius. Thank you, sir. My, my, my ego appreciates that. No, you listen, I, I am an interrogator. You are a genius. <laughs> you are you, freaking smart as shit, man. I appreciate it. Um, but that is to what you were saying about medicine and, you know, what gets you off is there is, and I think that goes with everything in life, is you have the idea of it and then you get to it and it's never as good. And eventually you realize no one's coming to save you and you have to make peace with yourself. And so I'll never fix the world. I know that. I've accepted that. I lost this past Saturday was the ninth anniversary of my older brother's suicide. I'll, I'll accept that I'll never cure suicide. I'll never fix the world. But that doesn't mean become depressed and just lay in bed and drink vodka all day and say it's all fucked. I, I get up. I, I don't do two hours, but I do have two hours. The first two hours of the day are mine. Wake up, make my bed, do the dishes, go to the gym, shower, meditation for 30 minutes. And I feel at peace. I love doing the podcast. I love talking shit. I love doing whatever. And some people, it helps them. They'll get an email, but hey, man, I love that episode. This really helped me, whatever, X, Y, and Z. And I, like, I'll, I'll bring noodles to a homeless shelter if i can find a couple extra no, since, since you mentioned noodles yeah you mind you mind if i throw in a little chuckle okay. from when i was a uh, london-based uh, student doctor yeah all right this is i'm going to pay homage to dr robert pfefferman here okay. who's my roommate in medical school we did an anesthesiology rotation with dr chen in london you know what we learned on that rotation okay you must get laid on Friday night. You must work hard. You must play hard. But you must get laid on Friday night. <laughs> and and you do blind intubation because it's blind because you can't see. You can't see, but it's blind. That would be when you put the tube through yeah. the nose and the mouth. So this guy, Dr. Chen, that's all we've fucking learned. You must get laid, laid on, on Friday, Friday night. night. <laughs> Dr. Chen, there's a patient dying. I'm doing the crossword puzzle. He'll be fine. Just press the button and the bell will stop ringing. If he stopped breathing, then you call me. But Dr. Chen, he's dead. Uh, you must get laid on Friday, Friday night. night. <laughs> Poor guy never got laid on Saturday, probably. But yeah, you know, he was probably 60 back then. I think we were we were still in our 20s. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful place. But this is this is real life. 
this guy was with his red pen. I'll never forget. He'd sit there through any surgery is long all day long. That's all we heard. And he'd be doing his crossword puzzles. He'd finish one. He'd grab another. He'd keep going. A bell would go off. You know, he'd, he'd have a cigarette or a sandwich. No, nothing mattered. He had so much fun, this guy. But there's logic to that. What's There's like a Buddhist quote before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Like, I'm, I'm at where I want to be. I'm in my dream of like, uh, the reason I decided not to go to medical school is it dawned on me. I was like, I'm smart enough to go to medical school. I'm smart enough to go do whatever I want. And it's taken 10 years. But no, that's a very, very true statement. Well, my uncle told me that, who's a doctor. No, but it's true. You know, being getting into medical school, law school, or Harvard MBA school is all about having, you know, some paid Hindu or Chinese guy take your test for you and you're in. Yeah. She'll get a perfect score. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you can figure that out, you're smart enough to get it, right? It's There you go. <laughs> it, it, it is nat- natural selection doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't care. It doesn't care at all. What are those? I don't know. We learned about in, in genetics, these fish that were essentially like, and you can't say it now, but even 10 years ago, I mean, our, our professor was like, yeah, they're gay fish. And it was these fish who just, they were smaller than the males. They were almost kind of limp. I mean, it's almost like a wrist. They were <laughs> super colorful. They had all these beautiful scales. And like the male fish would go out and whatever, hunt, whatever the fuck fish hunt. And the, the gay males would hang out with the women. And every once in a while, they'd just slip it in. And they'd always wonder why after like 10 generations, the seemingly less alpha males propagated more, right? That's fitness. Do you have more kids? And I remember a professor told us, they're like, natural selection does not care about like what your image of of smart or fit is. Whatever happens, happens. So if being a gay fish smaller than the less means you have more kids, that's the most fit thing. You're being an idiot being an alpha fish going out there and swimming. Like that's just what it is. So it's the same thing. Like if you can get in any way to either sexually or (laughs) into medical school, (laughs) if you can get it in, like that is the most fit thing. Natural selection doesn't give a shit. I don't know. No, you're, you're not wrong at all. It's because ultimately at the end of the day, whether it's nepotism or whether it's bribery or whatever, it happens. And if people don't think it happens, they're not involved. They don't understand. They didn't hear about it. They don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but it's a fact of it, life. It, just, it is what, yeah, no, and that's the big thing is it doesn't make it right or wrong. It doesn't mean like morally or ethically I defend it, but it is what it is. You know, yeah. I, had a, I had a friend that always had better grades than me in physiology. And I was like, I know for a fact, he's a smart guy, but I was like, I know for a fact I study more than him. And like, I'm like, how is he always just smoking pot and shit? And finally, like, I realized I'm like, well, I'm a dumbass. I sit at the front of the class. He sits at the very back, puts his iPhone at his feet and just wears sandals and just scrolls through the PowerPoint with his toes. Got an A. And I'm like, that's wrong. That's not. And I'm like, no one cares. He Now, if he got caught, he'd be expelled from the University of Georgia. But he never was. So, like, who's the idiot? I think I was because I went to an SEC school and went to one football game. He went to, like, 50. <laughs> Who had more fun? He did. Natural selection, I think, chose him. But the point of all of that is is getting to where I am now, the podcast pays for my apartment, which to me is like a form of alchemy. I've, I've chosen what I've wanted to do, and it now pays me. And, like, that's kind of all I've ever wanted to achieve is you have to find your own little Zen moment. And yet again, you look at China, the United States, and the CIA, and DARPA, and geosynchronous lasers, and you're like, yeah, it's all fucked. But you kind of have to bring it back down and be like, well, what makes me happy today? 
And that's kind of what I want to pick your brain about is sure. do you seem, you seem content or at least content in the same way Samuel Shem was content. Like it's all fucked, but it's also beautiful, right? He finishes oh. the whole thing and it's like, but he's still a doctor. So, you know, at the end of the day, we all need to have self-worth. We all need to stand on our own two feet. We all need to be in the position to make choices. And that leads to, we all need to be free. Now, we shouldn't be free to yell fire in the movie theater, but if I wanna pick up and go on vacation, I should be able to just decide where I wanna go. I should decide if I'm flying first class or coach. I should decide if I'm going in a youth hostel or a five-star hotel. I can decide if I'm gonna extend or shorten the trip. I can decide if I'm gonna take my wife, my girlfriend, my dog. I can decide everything I want. That makes me content because ultimately, and by the way, I'm really, you know, and anyone thinks that I don't care, but I'm not narcissistic. I'm not a bloviator. I'm not one of these, you know, self-centered idiots at all. I'm very much just a realist who's very compassionate. And to the point of having self-liberty and freedom, I was able to take care of my mom and dad for the last five years of their lives simultaneously as they both dwindled in Alzheimer's. And the best and smartest thing I did is devote my time hmm. to them, keeping them out of a hospital, out of hospice, out of all this tyrannical, disgusting, same system that prohibited people from visiting their family during COVID. I mean, honestly, I would have gone postal if somebody ever would have said, okay. me as an only child can't see my parents in COVID. Be like, if they're going down, everyone's going down. Yeah. That's insane. Somebody's going to tell you you can't visit your mom and dad when they're like dying in their 80s or 90s and you're in your 50s. Are you kidding me? So to me, it was great pleasure to have the freedom and autonomy and the choice making to just take care of my mom and dad. Because after all, without my mom telling me you are going to be self-employed, who knows what I would be doing. But mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with a choice, but she instilled in me, you have to work for yourself because you're not going to take orders from anybody. Nobody should take orders from anybody. Now, it's it's great if you work for me because I'm really nice to the people that work for me and they do whatever they want. They walk all over me. They crap on me. Uh, no, they don't really crap on me, but they piss on me. But <laughs> if that's what you're into, you know, go for it. <laughs> if, that, if that's your kink, we don't, we don't shame here. Exactly, exactly. But no, um, so what gives me happiness honestly is you know if i want to stop the day and i want to do a podcast with you because you're a great guy i just tell the staff block out people for an hour i'm doing a podcast Fuck um that. i wanted to write the book it took hours you know before during and after work you know we had to make it work um i i had pancreatic cancer i want to live to be 100 so i got to get my swim in yeah you know i'm not going to get fat i'm not going to get anything i'm just going to keep pushing hard and my body tells me, hey, you, you did too much? Okay, fine. I'm not going to swim tomorrow. Big deal. Um, I try to, you know, the people that have been good to me, um, let's just say I got people working with me almost 30 years. So guess what? In a pecking order, every year I pay off someone's house. You got you, you got to take Hell care. Yeah. You got to take care of the bottom of the pyramid. If the bottom of the pyramid can't eat, then the whole system falls down. It doesn't matter who's in the middle. It doesn't matter who's on the top. But if the bottom is out, then forget it. There is no middle or top. Hmm. You can't have a pyramid without a base. 
So you got to take care of that base and they have to feel important and they should be treated well. And and it shouldn't be from a government standpoint because the government will give everything to anybody, whether they do nothing or not. I mean, if you want to get something done wrong, you know, close is not, close enough is good enough. Yeah. Or they said it in Russia, but now they say it here. You pretend to work and we pretend to pay. I mean, all these people at the TSA or all these people at the VA, they don't work. This is an extension of welfare. That's all it is. It, you pay people to leave their home. That's all. Yeah. yeah. They don't have choices in life. They don't do anything. It's a weird charade. Everyone's just kind of going through the motions, right? So when you got a job as a teenager and the boss comes in and you're like, oh, it's starting to wipe the counter. Yeah, boss is pretending to check on you. You're pretending to clean the refrigerator. It's this weird thing that we're all just like pretending that we have to put up this thing. But no, the, the point of what you're saying is, is that was something that dawned on me when after I decided not to go to medical school, it was like a couple weeks later is when I lost my brother. So I just, I nosedived for a couple of years, eventually moved home with my parents when I was 26 Spent several years in therapy, taught myself graphic design. That was cool. Then started the podcast. And of, I, I, I never knew what I like. What was the thing I wanted? Like, and as I've got more and more things I've wanted, you, you're like, what do I want more? And it's like, I'm 32. I wake up at 11:30 sharp every day. Almost at noon. To me, that's like my own reminder that I'm my own boss. Is I wake up at noon. I go to the gym. I diet. I track my calories. I always increasing push-ups and weights and whatever. Always reading. Always doing more episodes. Always trying to improve. But what do I really want? And it, it dawned on me a couple years ago that I want to be free to not know what I want. And I think that's what you're touching on is who knows? You know, my parents are in their 60s now. It might be in 10 years that I finally realized what the purpose of all of this was or 20 years. And be like, like Dr. Saul, I can take I can take care of my parents. I can be free to not put them into a, a hospice, which is really just kind of like a modern death camp right? or, or, oh. or a retirement home. It, 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 it's a death camp. You just it is you, you go in there and fucking die. Yes, you are. And that's I think that's what it is. And. You know, as I hope to grow my own podcast and, you know, my best friend is already in the last month. He's like the first person I've actually slowly started to employ. I've known him for 20 years. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, what else is there in life? Like, take care of your buddy. And then if you get another someone after that, it'll be someone that I've probably known a little less long. And it'll be sort of like, take care of your crew. And it really is back to like 50,000 years ago. It's like, yeah, just have your little like war tribe, you know, appreciate the sunrise, be healthy. You know, get fucked up, get laid on Friday night. <laughs> sort of, you know, don't get too caught up in the, the machinations of the psychopaths. Well, that's it. You can't change. You got to understand what you can't change. Yeah. There's no reason to expend. Um, it's like you don't want to throw good money after bad and no. you don't want to spend good energy chasing bad. Yeah. Some things you got to let go. And that's OK. It's OK to let go of certain things. Yeah. And it's that's something that I've had to really in the last just couple days I've completely uncoupled from like reading the news scrolling through even little things just any article I see any Instagram I just just nuke it all I I post the podcast links and then that's it and I have to catch myself and I go no nothing because it pulls you in a little it's like an addict like I'm it's just one drink like I'm just gonna get on Twitter and just look at my butt 
Next thing you know, it's been five minutes. You're like, there's a race war in Chicago. Biden's a Chinese asset. Like, we're going to work. There's Ebola in Taiwan. And and next thing you know, it's robbed you of, like, a a great afternoon. And I'm trying to find, and I'm only truly, like, a couple days into this. But I'm trying to walk the middle line of you don't want to put your head in the sand and be like, I don't understand anything. Because there's nothing cool about being being an idiot. But... (laughs) I'm also like, like right now, it's like 60 out, just doing this podcast with you, got another one later, going to play some video games after, I'm just going to take it easy. And I could ruin this entire just beautiful, the birds are chirping, I got a blanket, like everything's good. And I could very quickly pull up Reddit and just start scrolling until I hit like a point of panic nihilism. And I don't know what the middle line is. What? What? How do you walk that line? Well, when I when I was your age, you could actually get the news. Now you there is no news. There's only opinions. Hmm. So Fox is not news. CNBC is not news. MSNBC is not news. And CNN is not news. These are ideologues who are pushing agendas, ideologies. And they're not giving anyone a fair shake. You can watch at the same time every night, those three channels, four channels simultaneously, and you'll have a different story about the same topic. That is unfair to the public, yet these characters are making $30 million a year, $20 million a year, $10 million a year, literally doing nothing except being an actor or an actress trying to sway a population to their ideology. And people have taken sides. So they say, oh, you know, if I watch my favorite whoever the hell on whatever the hell channel, that's 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 godsend, man. That's that's just the way it is. That is such garbage. You know, what happened to just you turn on New York City, WABC News, and there's a half an hour news channel and it always ends with the weather and the sports and it always starts with the headlines, headlines, um, Chinese planes drop bombs over North Africa. 65 people were killed. Okay, next topic. Uh, The oil rig got hijacked in Somali and a carjacking in Chicago. And that's it. They just tell you the facts. I'm not interested in what your opinion is. If you think he started it or somebody else, that's what they do in court. You know, Mm. we'll find out the verdict after. It's like, why why all the opinion? Just, Just come up with news. I mean, you can't be in the dark, right? Like you said, there's nothing um, magnanimous about being a complete idiot with your head in the dirt. So you want to be informed, but you want to form your own opinion. You want to have your own thought. That's the whole point of freedom. You can think. Hmm. And the one thing they can't steal from you is your ability to think. So if if they can't steal your ability to think, they're going to poison you with what they want you to think. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, back to the, you know, to be self critics, you and I. Back to natural selection. It doesn't give a fuck. So if opinions run rampant, if that if clickbait is the 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 meal that most people choose, no one decided that. Like that is just what has taken off through society. That's what's taken off through the the cyber medium that is the internet. You know, like the most fit virus is there's no team of like there's no gatekeeper viruses that are like, all right, we've decided that Ebola is going to be the most virulent. It just is. It's just the way it. It's just. It's just biology. The way it replicates and goes through cell walls and whatever. I don't even know what Ebola does. It just. It kills you. 
the point is, is it just is. No one, no one decides like you know this is the best sandwich. It's just word of mouth. You're like, dude, this is the best fucking sandwich in the city, and everyone that eats it, you go, yeah, that's the best, right? You just, it just is. So, if opinion and just completely swayed horseshit media dribble is is the rule of the day, there's a reason why it's done that. And I, I can't quite figure out what the reason is. You do. You've already said it. The population at large is being brainwashed. Huh. We are being dummied down as a society, so we believe, or we're supposed to believe, what we're told. Hmm. And if we believe what we're told, we're not going to question it, and we'll all buy our electric car, and we'll all take our 65 Mustang and 70 Corvette and 75 Bugatti and whatever goes on gasoline. And unless you're an NASCAR driver, and even if maybe they'll change that to batteries too, we'll have to call China and say, look, we need some fast batteries. We got Daytona 500. Oh, we got faster. We need the IndyCar batteries coming up. You know, and the China says, fuck you. We're not sending batteries your way. You know, the batteries are now $2 million a battery. What's wrong with the system? You know, like Obamacare came along and now medicine's falling apart in 15 years. But in reality, it didn't work for 5% of the population. Why didn't we tweak it so the 5% could be covered by the government or somehow just taken care of rather than just mutilating and nuking a system? Same thing with this whole thing with gas and this and that. Does somebody actually believe in their heart of hearts that this planet of billions of years or whatever is falling apart today because we drive cars? Are you serious? Like, if you actually believe that, um, you could be delusional, you could be with illusions, you could just be globally psychotic. But I'm sorry, the scientist who made it up must have trained in China and was brainwashed because, you know, it still snows, it still rains. The, the solar caps, they change every couple of hundred years or thousand years. The north goes to the south and so on and so forth. Maybe the next time the poles change, North and South Korea will switch places. You don't know. So, but this is all, this is all like terminal brainwashing, really. Um, you know, show me this, show me some true data, like two plus two is four. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a so-called God-fearing person, right? Mm -hmm. Yet, that being said, I'm not the most religious guy. So all these people who are religious freaks, and by the way, I'm not a, I'm, I can't be accused of blasphemy or misogyny or all these PC crap people. But the truth is, everyone who met God, do me a favor. Next time you meet him, can I shake his hand? Can I see what he looks like? Can I get a picture with him? I mean, this is straight out of George Carlin. That guy was like 50 years ahead of his time. He said, there's a little man up in the sky, and he's, and he's God. He's so smart. He knows everything. Why is he always broke? Why is he always asking for money? Why can't he manage his money? He's good at managing getting your money, but he can't manage his money because he always needs your money. Well, then that comes back to the middleman. Is if there's if there's and I I I do believe in God, but I don't go to church. I don't go to mass. I don't do anything. I'm like I, I God's there. I talk to God one on one. I don't need to go to church and put money in a basket from someone who's prove again provably a pedophile like it's just i don't fucking like i really give enough money to pedophiles through taxes like it is that is kind of like the black pill that you start realizing like everything you do is some weird way of pedophiles siphoning off money from you but the idea of thinking for yourself and brainwashing you know i've had on dr patrick moore who co-founded greenpeace 
and he's done a complete 180. He's like, the earth is fine. He's like, we're, he's like, it's a, it's a money grab and it's a power grab that mm-hmm. they're looking at this thing. And there is, there is a brilliance. You have to respect your enemy. There is a brilliance to the brainwashing. It is. Yes. We're starting to see what it really is, right? It's all about self virtue. I wear my mask. I have a Ukraine flag. Look at me, because it requires nothing, right? Real work, go going and doing a hundred push-ups, or, or you know, white knuckling it through several months of being hungry just to lose some weight. That takes effort. Nobody fucking wants that. What you want to do is put a strap of face diaper on, put a blue and gold flag in your in your social media, and say I'm 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 Jesus Christ. Look at me. I support the current thing. By continuing to push the importance of virtue by, I mean, people so fat they can't get out of their apartments, but they're going to tell you, you know, go get your ninth booster. You have people so fucking dumb that they don't know who Smedley Butler is or that they think that we haven't gone to the moon or they think that rocks. Do- I had this on a live chat the other day. They think I, that rocks I, don't exist. Have you and I grown up together? We might have in a past life. I think we've. Probably, I think so. I think, I think so. Because... I think we've probably just gotten drunk and just been angry together. I feel like we've done that. Yeah, you, you sound too much like me. I think we we must have grown up together. Well, then I'm on a I'm on a good path. You have these people, who tro- who just look at me. I am so virtuous. Donald Trump's bad. He's orange. He's a Nazi. Now we're gonna go fund the Azov Battalion, provable Nazis. But don't worry about that. That's too much mental gymnastics. If it is all virtue signaling, then what is the greatest virtue of all? I am here to save planet Earth. I I don't know what gender I am. I chopped off my dick before I turned 10 and my hair is neon. But let me tell you about 4 billion years of so beyond complicated climate patterns that the best supercomputer can't even take a chip at it. But let me tell you right now that I'm going to save the world. I think this is what it is. Is this is the final this is the final and probably last virtue signal. And that's And then so what is the meta of that? Does that mean that we as a population as a species are retarded? Yes. But does that mean that we're going into self-suicide? No, I think the people at the very tippy top know it's all horseshit. And I think they're just leading like 99% of us to our death. And then they're gonna, I don't know, merge with machines and go out into space and turn into some weird techno god. I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. Your thoughts, Doctor Soloway? I I don't disagree with you, with your thoughts. You know, I really think you have, um, uh, especially at your age, you know, in the generation that you grew up in, I think you have a very good insight of what's going on in the world. And, and that is, is that there's uh, 50 very powerful people and how they got there is irrelevant, but there are 50 powerful people around the world that are dictating the rules for 600, I mean, uh, 6 billion or 7 billion people now. And every day for the last thousand years, there's been a war going on somewhere, whether it's over religion, greed, money, sex, not sex, something. Um, but as technology has gotten smarter and it's taken over for people's thinking, uh, the government, they never, you know, and I'm not saying Democrats, I'm saying the government never misses an opportunity to raise taxes. Whenever there's a crisis, the taxes get raised. And um, when the crisis is solved, they never lower the taxes because they always find a new way to waste the money. And um, I, I think everything that you said is is in line 
with the ideology that politicians are corrupt by nature. That's probably why they become politicians. And their job is to get as much money, control, and power as possible. And that money is so that they have more freedom than you. Whoever has the most money has the most freedom and the most choices. They don't have the most happiness necessarily, but they certainly have freedom and they certainly have choices. They can have bodyguards, they can travel more, they can have an armed limo, they can whatever. The other guy, you know, he has to walk to the ball game and sit in the last row. You can go, the rich guy goes in the limo and sits in the dugout or something like that with a guy with a machine gun next to him. So once you have all that, the next thing you want to do is conquer a man's power. Mm -hmm. So you impose, uh, you know, martial law. You know, you can't leave your house. Well, who are you to tell me I can't leave my house? Well, I'm the guy with the machine gun and you're the guy who's not allowed to carry a gun. So I can tell you what to do. Yeah. So that, that you know, you've said it all in different words. And I'm just reiterating that I agree with you. And it's, it's a sad state of affairs. But I like to think that the pendulum swings back and forth every couple of decades or whatnot. And I think we hit an all-time low um, in the Obama administration. And I, I really do think this is like a third term of Obama right now. But nonetheless, I don't think it matters who's the president. We have a lot of bad things going on. Um, there's not one group or want anything that's going to stop all the problems in the world. Um, the Chinese clearly want to take over as the world's superpower, assuming that we were actually the superpower before. Um and, and what makes us the superpower? Because we had nukes first. Okay, fine. Well, now it's a matter of who's got the lasers and who's got um, the rail guns and who's got... Uh, Nanobots and... Yeah, whatever whatever it is, I don't know, but, you know, thought about... Directed energy, works. whatever the fuck, yeah. Well, hopefully it's Skunk Works. They got something going on there. That's I hope. It hasn't been stolen yet by the Chinese. Yeah. I mean, those people are master thieves. It's unbelievable. No, it's brilliant. And again, natural selection, China's not advanced. They just steal our R&D. Natural selection doesn't give a shit. You know something, though? They really need to take foreign nationals and stop letting them into U.S. universities or graduate schools. Well, that, would just... a, that would imply that the people in charge of allowing them in aren't completely infiltrated, blackmailed, or co-opted. Like... That's correct. And that would also imply that because those people that they accept pay cash, that the rate would go up for the U.S. citizens. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's kind of how I look at it more and more is where I've, I have this idea where I'm not sure whoever's in charge fully knows they're in charge. Or I don't think, hear me out. So it's I, I don't think it's as simple and easy as it's five guys in black clothes like sacrifice, sacrificing a baby to Moloch or something. And I also don't think that it's a bunch of independent states voting for representatives. That's also stupid. I think there are probably factions. And as you go, you know, as you go from like, confidential to secret top secret to special access program to tssci to unacknowledged like the measures get so and so what speaking of skunk works i mean ben rich's book skunk works and they talk about when they're developing the f-117 how it gets smacked with an sap a special access program and his predecessor clarence kelly johnson goes ben rich you dumb fuck like do you know what you just did Guys from the government are showing up with machine guns. You can't go to the bathroom without signing in and out. No one's allowed to talk to each other in the break room. Like, even coffee mugs were going in safes. And it gets so classified. That you, know what's the, you know what the biggest hypocrisy, hypocrisy of this whole thing is? What? You take a stranger off the street, a nobody, whoever. That guy or woman runs for president. They win. And all of a sudden, they have a key to Skunk Works, Cheyenne Mountain Base, NORAD, whatever they want. 
And so all of a sudden they inherited clearance to everything and above everyone by popularity contest or stealing or, you know, harvesting votes. So Is that crazy? So let's walk that out a couple of steps then. How long until that system has been going before the people in the special access programs are going, fuck this guy? Because they're, oh. they're smart. They're they're having the conversation you and I had 80 years ago. You have probably someone like Eisenhower. They just finished World War II. You know, Truman from FDR. You got nukes going off. Got bunkers. You got Cheyenne Mountain, NORAD, and Sputnik. And they're going, we can't have some dumb fuck just walk into office and look at jet fighters and Nazi rockets. Give him, give him a platter and show him, yeah, this is what's kind of going on. Well, that's going on now. You're right. That's exactly and then there's hundred percent. That's what's going on now. There's some classified history of the U.S. that we don't know about. I think the president's probably stopped being the president. I would imagine around 1945. Fair enough. Just my and own hypothesis. You you know what? The only thing I can't agree with you is the year. It could be 1913 Federal Reserve. No, no. But the point is, is you're right. And if somebody knows, or they're well read, or they have any self thinking about them. What you're saying is absolutely correct. When it started again, we could argue the date, but it's absolutely true. It's a figurehead position. And, you know, you have a lot of people that kiss your ass and, you know, they want this and they want that. But the real picture is going on behind those scenes. Yes. And the president may not even be notified about 90 percent of it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely what it is. You know, the beautiful thing about Donald Trump is one because I know him personally, I can tell you the man knows how to live life. He really, I mean, he, does, he enjoys man. every day. He knows how to live life. Hey, man, eating Big Macs on Air Force One is the most American thing on the planet. Fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, the reason they hate him so much, they hate him because he was trying to explain to the public the background. That, yeah, exactly, exactly. What we're talking about, he was trying to get that out there, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we, we, uh, we, we can't have this. So, I kind of worry for the man's safety just because, I mean, it doesn't matter what his title is. You know, if the right people want you gone, you you know, that's why they got a land and a lot of land out there in Nevada. Article 51, you know, there's an unidentified body, you know. Area 51, yeah, it's a, the Nevada test site's bigger. That's what I mean, Area yeah. 51. Yeah, the Nevada yeah, the, test site's like. By the way, big. trivia, trivia. You know the name of the first nuclear bomb? Trinity. Trinity Project made what bomb? Gadget. Oh, yeah, Gadget, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Gadget, Oppenheimer, yeah, July 16th, 1945, 545. You're good, I'm telling you, I told you, you're a brilliant guy. Alamogordo, New Mexico. No, I I love that shit. Yeah, and then uh, Fatman, then first hydrogen bomb, Ivy Mike, Castle Bravo is the biggest. I've had on a guy that witnessed Castle Bravo. He's like 90. Point is... uh, My great uncle, I got a picture of him standing on the Enola Gay. Oh, fuck yeah. He was in the Tinian Islands way back when. Yeah, General Paul uh, Tibbetts, yeah. So another little trivia... You had the Enola Gay, and then you had Boxcar. Uh-huh. It was a distractor plane, another N-29 that flew alongside. That one was called the, the Great, Great Artiste. Artiste. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, and they were supposed to bomb. And, the, yeah, the bomb was so special and classified that they said you had to have visual identification. Wasn't that why they ended up bombing Nagasaki, is that wasn't the first choice? It was a, a, a weather issue. Yeah, it's because they didn't I have visual. Was, yeah, they were going to go to Ki- Kyoto, yeah, I guess, Kyoto. I think yeah, it was Kyoto, no. and they did like nine passes, and they were like, "We know we're over it," but the rule was like from the president, see, yeah. eyes on, and they were like, "All right, fuck it, we're going to Nagasaki." 
Yeah. And had had they had another bomb, they would have dropped it. Well, that's the thing is, I didn't know this. Truman actually gave the order to drop them until surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran out. We ran out. out. It wasn't that we, it's not that we decided to stop. No, we ran out. Like that's, that's the craziest thing is we just ran out. We were going to keep doing it. And, but you look back all the way to something like that. I mean, the power of the atomic bomb. I mean, truly, I mean, next level, you can, you can get rid of a city. I think you probably go back to that. You come out of World War II, 80 million dead. And you probably have, for better or worse, ill intention or not, you have someone like an Eisenhower or whoever, a Dulles or an Angleton. And they all get together in a room and they go, we have the American Empire. It's one in a million. You have a body of land full of resources separated by two oceans, uh, an Arctic hellscape to the north, all the way down to a tiny canal in the south with two mountain ranges and then plains in the middle. It is it is the cheat code of if you're playing like a Sim City or Civilization, like this is such a bullshit place. Like that's cheating. That guy's clearly cheating. It's like if someone it's like when you meet a guy who's like six six with a jawbone and like a four point oh GP, you're like, fuck you. You're just playing the game on easy. You're like, eat a dick. I think they probably looked at that. And they were like, we can't let this thing fall. How do we... We can't let some idiot from the street get elected from a a process that, though noble, is easily corrupted, stuffing ballots. I mean, LBJ won by miracle votes at midnight to become the VP nomination. Uh, boy, did he do a number on health care and social welfare. Yeah, yeah, and he's got that great quote that nobody, no Democrats like to bring up. Uh a racist quote that I can't repeat. I think you probably had some guys at the apex of power. Kind of, you know, Cheyenne Mountain started in like the 50s. Not only structurally was it under a mile of granite, but I also think metaphorically they built a NORAD. And it was, we can't have some idiot off the street who's, you know, doing some ticker tape parade in Chicago about getting elected. Like these guys aren't keen to thermonuclear warheads and four stage liquid fueled rockets and orbital mechanics. I think that's probably when it happened or at least solidified a, a coup where, and then the, the last Trump we had was JFK, but you can't kill the president. Yes. Says who? Uh, I don't know. I know I said I'd only keep you for an hour. I'd love to keep talking to you, but I, I don't want to keep you. We can keep yeah, going. I would. Um, I have a couple of patients. Awesome. All right. Okay. That we'll are wrap before, it up. Gotcha. But I, I want to come back. And right. I'll talk to you, you know, indefinitely. Hell yeah. I already feel like you're a friend. Hell you know? yeah, man. I'd love to have you back on. I'd love to just go down the, down the rabbit hole about who's really in charge. And I guess we'll wrap up with the Bill Hicks quote. When you become president... You know, after the inauguration parade, go to the Oval Office, they press a button, and there's a trap door, and you go down, and it's the, it's the 13 capitalist industrial scum fucks who got you into office. And they don't say a word. They just look at you smoking a cigar, and the one at the head of the table uh, presses a button. The lights go out. A projector comes down, and he goes, goes, roll the film. And you see an angle of Kennedy's head getting blown off, but it's not the Zapruder film. It's an angle you've never seen before, and it looks especially like it's from the grassy knoll goes up the light comes back on and the head guy goes are any questions and you go what's my agenda and that's it that's probably how it goes and that's probably why we have the world we have 
But with that, Dr. Soloway, I've kept you five minutes longer than I said I would, so I apologize about that. No, 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 no apology necessary. I enjoyed your show so much. I enjoyed talking to you. Oh, yeah, man. I hope the listeners um, welcome me, and I hope they want us back together on the show. And, you know, you're a brilliant guy. I, Thanks, man. I'm honored to be talking to you. I, I, I'm going to send you an email right after this. I, I, I genuinely love to have you back on. I'm not just kissing your ass. And as no, a, no, no. As, as a microcosm of power, I don't care what the viewers think. There is no there is no democratic election. This is a I am the deep state. I'm gonna have on whoever I want to have on. You know what? It works the same here. This <laughs> office is not a democracy. It's mine. It's a dictatorship. And if you yeah, yes. pay, pay fealty to the king, and I'll take care of you. If not, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 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 we're the suckers for thinking there ever was a president. But I spent seventy five years in school to be the king here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Dr. Soloway, guys, the links to your books are in the description as well as your Twitter and your website. Please go follow him. I'm going to send you an email right now. I would love to do another one, man. And uh, and by the way, if the listeners want the book signed, well, you know what? Don't buy it on Amazon because I don't even get a buck. But if you get it from my uh, badmedicinebook.net, we'll ship it to you. My, I pay the shipping and I'll personalize it. I'll customize it. If you want me to draw pretty pictures of gay fish, I'll do that. Whatever you want. He'll put on some black lipstick and kiss it for you. He doesn't care. He'll 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 put on a gym suit and take a picture for you. He, there you he's, go. He's there a man of go. the people. He's a man of the people. You must get laid on Friday night. You, no, no. You must get, get laid on Friday night. night. Yes, you must. Is he wrong? No. Anyway, <laughs> Doctor Solway, thank you so much. I'll send you this episode, guys. Thank you for watching. Please go support the good doctor. I'll send you an email. I'd love to schedule another one. So I'm talking to you, man. Take care. Thank you so much, guys. Recording stopped. Thank you for watching and peace.